airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to the Friday edition of Aaron the Addison's. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, today's going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge show where mm-hmm. we're going to take a look at um, some different areas. We're going to talk coronavirus. Yeah. And talk what the uh, Surgeon General is saying about the coronavirus. I think this is incredibly important. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, there's a lot of hysteria. There there are people, and just to say briefly, because we're going to get into the first segment here and kind of shift our conversation. But just to say briefly, I was going to do one of my, um, you know, online orders where you order your groceries and then you go pick them up. And I saw this notice that said, um, due to demand, we are limiting, um, like, the, the, we, we call it, everybody says Germex, but it's like antibacterial gels and things like yeah. that. We're limiting that to five per order. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And so, so I was like, well, that's kind of odd. Then I went into the store, had to go through the checkout line, and there was another notice on, notice on, the, uh, on the cash registers that, you know, you can only have this many. So in other words, we're checking what comes over the conveyor belt. Yeah. And so it just speaks to the type of hysteria that is out there. And so we want to temper that just mm. a little bit because for those of us who are in the body of Christ – we want to be informed. We want to know what's going on, but we also don't want to be hysterical. Right. That doesn't help anyone. So we're right. going to talk a little bit about that. But first, talking about knowing what's going on and being vigilant in the body of Christ, we are in a never-ending fight to protect our children. And mm-hmm. you know, well, that is right squarely uh, in our wheelhouse. Right. I mean, we talk about that all the time, culture-proofing your kids. Mm-hmm. How do you equip your kids to stand against the onslaught of the culture? One of the biggest attacks on the identity, the sexual identity, the unique design of our children's sexuality. All of this is under attack right now. And I don't know of any state that is immune, um, but I got to tell you, every state should be fighting back. Whatever the level of the attack is where you live in the state of Mississippi, um, by God's grace, we've got some senators who are fighting to protect our children One of those senators joins us today to talk about the latest kind of leg of the race to this fight to protect our children. Senator Angela Hill, we've spoken before regarding protecting our kids in athletics, ensuring that um, the uniqueness of their identity is uh, protected and celebrated um, and defended. And so we want to kind of pick up where we left off. What is going on right now in the state of Mississippi how can uh, listeners across the country be informed and maybe even think about what they need to do where they live? Well, thank you so much for having me today. And, of course, you know, we have seen all over the country and even in the Olympics where biological males are coming in to female teams, competing against these women, and, you know, just taking the medals, taking the scholarships, um, setting new records against these girls. I mean, the best of the best girls cannot compete against some of these biological males. It's just a a measure of fairness to say Mm -hmm. that girls deserve to compete against girls, not biological males. 
So we filed our sports fairness bill. We called it the Mississippi Fairness Act. Some states call it Saving Women's Sports Act. We filed that in Mississippi, both on the House side and the Senate side. And both of our bills, unfortunately, never were even brought up for a vote in committee. Can you imagine that? Mm. Wow. So what does that just, what what does that say about where we live? I mean, is there a disdain? Well, it says that that what's happening in in these committees does not reflect the will of the people. Correct. We had some polling done in February on this particular issue, and it said, "Would you support a law that protects women's sports from biological males coming in and competing?" This thing was bipartisan across the state. Average polling was 79% in favor. There was polling that hit as high as 85% mm. in some areas. Um, you know, it, this is, is something that the people want. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, even though those bills died in committee, a bill came up on the Mississippi Senate floor that I saw an opportunity to amend. Okay. And I took that opportunity to amend. And praise God, the amendment that I put in was passed. 35 to 15. Wow. Okay, let's talk about that amendment, Senator Hill. Uh, What are the details of this opportunity that you saw and, by God's grace, um, were victorious? Well, basically, the amendment just said that biological males will not compete against biological females uh, in female sports. Mm -hmm. And I just had to make it as simple as I could to get it added on to that amendment. My original bill was, was covered community colleges, IHL, and public schools. But this was a bill that was about the Mississippi High School Sports Association, yes. Mississippi um, High School Athletic Association, MHSAA. So this uh, is only, my amendment is only covering high school sports, um, but that's better than nothing at all. That's yeah. right. So if we can get this bill passed to the House and get it to the governor, we will have a policy in Mississippi. Mississippi is one of six states with no policy at all. Uh, on whether or not a biological male can come over and compete against females in female sports. So I was able to get the amendment put on. Most of the legislators, uh, it was it was a, just a strictly partisan vote. Most all the Republicans voted for the amendment. The Democrats voted against the amendment. Um, it was probably the most popular thing that's been done since we've been in session because I had so many people come up and thank me and tell me what a great amendment that was. Wow. So we stand on this. We're going to get it. It's been held by uh, the the, uh, Vice Chairman of Education, David Blunt, who's a Democrat from Jackson, held the bill on a motion to reconsider, to try to reconsider the vote and try to, um, you know, kill it or take my amendment out. But we're not going to let that happen. And we want all of Mississippi to know that that your Republican members are going to fight on that floor to get that bill off the motion to reconsider calendar and send that bill to the House and get it to the governor. You know, that's amazing to me. Did you say that Mississippi is one of six states that didn't have any type of uh, um, legislation no on this? So, no policy about transgender in, in sports. That's, no that's amazing to me because because I would think uh, Mississippi would be in the forefront of trying to protect you know, our children and things like that, you know, just because of the conservative nature of the, yeah. the state. But that- well, unfortunately, the attitude is and has been since I've been in the legislature, well, if it's not happening here yet, we're not going to deal with it. Uh, well, that's the wrong way to look at right, it. It's the total right. wrong way to look at it. Right. We need to be prepared. We need to be on the front end, not leading from behind. That's good. And so that's, that's why I got up and put this amendment on the that's floor good. and we passed it. Yeah. 
You know, Senator Hill, I think that there are people who are listening. Obviously, people are listening to us all across the country, and they may have had similar conversations come up in their area. You know, well, it's not happening here. We don't need to worry about this. Or, you know, we maybe have just a little bit of protection here in this area. But I think Mm -hmm. that this is very instructive for us, that we need to be vigilant. We don't need to, as you just said, be leading from behind Mm -hmm. and thinking that that is success. It actually is not a strong show of, of force. And, 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 and we need to protect Title IX. Title IX is, has been something for the last 50 years that was, you know, designed to eliminate discrimination against women in education and athletics. And, you know, this these policies that allow these males to identify as females to come over and play in female sports, these things are jeopardizing Title IX. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to look at the federal law Title IX that's been in place since 1972, and we need to get a policy in place in Mississippi that is consistent with Title IX to protect these female athletes and these all-female sports from having unfair competition from biological males. Okay, Senator Hill, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in just a little bit, but let me ask you this: when when we look at the ball that is in motion, so we look at this amendment, and you know it's a it's sort of a if you will, a narrow protection for high school sports, but it's putting something in place that wasn't there before. What is the battle that you think we're facing in Mississippi for across-the-board protection so that we do not erase women in the state of Mississippi? What is that battle like? It is a big battle because people are, are reluctant to take on something that they deem to be controversial. To me... This should not be controversial. Right. It holds at 79% across the state. Um, Mississippi leadership, they need to look at what the people want. The people want a law, and, and we should come back, even if this bill passes and gets to the governor, we need to come back and we need to pass the Fairness Act on all levels, high school, elementary, community college, and university. We need this across the board to protect female athletes and to protect Title IX. And other states around us are debating this. Um, you know, states all across the country. Idaho's passed it through one chamber. Arizona's passed it through one chamber. Alabama uh, is actually debating the transgender for minors ban. Um, so, you know, these other states are having hearings and they're, and they're, they're bringing this stuff to the forefront and we're shoving it in the closet. Mm-hmm. Whenever this bill came up and had the opportunity for me to put this in there, you know, I am not about hiding. That's right. I'm about trying to do what's right, and I know that this is pleasing to the Lord. Yes. And I know this is pleasing to the majority of people in the state of Mississippi. So, so as as a citizen, for this to be uh, something that the people want, but it's, it seems controversial. Who should we be looking at? Is it our senators and Congress yeah, people? Like, like <laughs> I mean, that that's that's wanting this stuff to go through, well, or you know, I, I can't tell you that because you know I don't know why bills die. Sometimes leadership tells them to, you know, tells the committee chairman to, to not bring them out of the committee. Sometimes the committee chair chairs are just not comfortable bringing the bills out of committee. Um, I have no idea. But I know that I presented the material on the Fairness Act, the Title IX stuff. I put everything that I needed to put in the hands of the chairman. Well, Senator Hill, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, I will say this. You know, our votes matter, and who we have 
uh, representing us and 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 speaking on our behalf, it matters. And and let me but, just. But the chairman did say that he did not oppose my amendment the other day. So. Okay. Okay. Um, but the vice chairman clearly opposed my amendment and held the bill on a motion to reconsider. <sighs> Senator Angela Hill, <laughs> let me just at this point say how much we appreciate yes, you. Thank All right. you. We, well, I appreciate you having me on and y- giving me the chance to speak to the people in Mississippi to encourage them and let them know that we are trying to do what good Christian people in Mississippi want done. Man, that's that, it's so rare. It is so refreshing, and yet it is so rare. Thank you so much, Senator Hill. We appreciate you. You know, Will the Great, let me just yeah. say this because I, you know, I think— this is one of those one of those moments where, as Christians, you know, we also we we often have these conversations where people are like, um, you know, well, what's the role of the Christian in politics, and how do we get involved, and mm-hmm. and you know, we just need to do this, and it's you know, it's all about just kind of staying in our four walls, where we're supposed to be salt and light, yeah. and so we're supposed to be living for the glory of God, mm-hmm. right? Not just collecting. We're supposed right, to be living right. in every area of our lives. We're supposed to be living. So there should be something different that is reflected in the people that we vote for, yeah. the people who go to represent us at the, the state, the local level, yeah. at the federal level. All of these things matter. Yeah. And when you look at a person like Senator Hill, I don't know how many times she mentioned what is pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is pleasing to the Lord? We right. need the type of people who are not going to shrink back from declaring what is pleasing to the Lord and also are in positions to make laws, to write bills and to make laws where we live. I just can't stress enough why it is not, um, there is not a conflict. There should be no daylight between how we live as faithful Christians and how we engage politically. Yeah, I agree. And and, and the the thing is, when you look at some of the people that we have put into office, you have to look back at ourselves because we, we put them there. Yeah. And and so my thing is, when, whenever I see things like this, where the, the people overwhelmingly don't want this, we don't want mm-hmm. this to happen. Mm-hmm. But yet you have the people who are in, quote unquote, power, because mm-hmm. we're really the ones. But the ones that are making these laws, they're trying to push to to make something happen that the people don't want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, something there's a disconnect there. Something That's is right. wrong. Like our, our discernment and putting certain people in is not working. Or yep. Something is, is happening. And you see this on a, the local level and you see it on the federal level. That's right. Level. That's right. You know, where uh, senators and Congress, people that we put in, yeah. we think one thing, <laughs> and then, then they, they get up there and there. do something else. And it's That's like, right. man, like, what's going on here? So we have to be very discerning. But I think that, and I'm so glad you circled back to that word because it is a critical word that is misunderstood, but discernment is ours by the Holy Spirit yeah. indwelling us. Yeah. We should be more discerning. Right. We should know how to engage and how to vote. That's why you don't go to the polls without prayer. Right. Right. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. American Family Radio, the Friday edition, and uh, that's our gumbo show. So everything kind of goes into the pot. We're going to make a shift. Is my microphone okay? It's, 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 it's good. 
It's good. All right. So yes. we're going to, is that better? It's okay, good. there we go. Um, so that means everything kind of goes into the pot. And uh, we're going to make a shift here now, and we're going to talk coronavirus. Obviously, we are not alone. Um, our colleagues have been discussing this. Everyone and <laughs> their grandmother yes, has been reading everywhere. about this and posting about it. Um, I was joking with my sister who was flying um, out of Memphis the other day, and she said, <laughs> she said some random kid just walked up to her. She's expecting. She's pregnant. <laughs> and, uh, uh -uh. And, and she said some random kid just walked up to her and touched her hand. <laughs> I know. I, and I said, <laughs> well, who was the kid? And she goes, I don't know. Just some random kid. And I was like, mm. well, was her name Corona? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and wow. she said, well, it was a boy. And I'm like, yeah, that's a joke. Like, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not really. But there's a lot of hysteria out mm. there. And I don't want to downplay any of that. Right. But I do want the body of Christ to understand that we operate a little bit differently. And so I want to look at some information. I even want to talk about what Christians in China are doing Um in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak, okay? Mm. And and it's it is responding Christians in China, all right, are responding in a way that I think is instructive for us, and that is that they are responding without fear, and the Christians in China are responding with the urgency of the gospel. So I've got at least one story I want to share with regard to that, but but before I do that, mm -hmm. um I was reading um a newsletter or a daily report, sort of one of those, you know, this is what's happening in the news kind of a thing by uh, Dr. Jim Dennison. And I like to read what he writes on a regular basis. I don't get to read it every day, but he was writing about some of the things that are happening in the wake of, you know, I guess what people see as this outbreak mm -hmm. that they need to protect themselves from. Right. And one of the things that has happened, and I mentioned this with even one of our local grocery stores, limiting the amount of like, you know, Germex and Purell and all mm -hmm. those things that you could get and like, you know, cold and flu things and all of these things. Like just, you know, you've got to limit that. And I mean, I don't know all of the story to that. It could just be flu type stuff that people are buying more of. But I tend to think that people are going into hoarder mode because yeah. it's like, I yeah. need to have all of these things. Right. right. Um, Bottles of Purell were going for $149 on eBay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Bottles of Purell going for $149 wow. on eBay. Amazon has been cracking down on price gougers and products that falsely advertise protection against coronavirus. Hmm. Okay. That right there just shows that people will mock us in our weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? So when there is a weakness, when there is fear, there will be, I, I, people are going to capitalize on that. There's going to be somebody who's going to say, well, what can I get out of that? So the question then for the Christian is, how do we respond? And one of the chief ways has got to be without fear. You know, I, I don't, like, what is it that happens in situations like this, Will, where we forget who the Lord God is. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know what it is that, you know, maybe it's because, you know, we're watching the news or think, we're reading, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think I think that feeds into anxiety and fears when we see every other story, you know, on the news is about this. And there's another person who has yeah. contracted the coronavirus. And so they're keeping track with person by person. So yeah. you're seeing that if you're watching that. And, and that tends to, you know, build fear in, mm -hmm. in, in, in the community. So the thing is, I think we as Christians have to uh, make sure that we're leaning on the word of God and knowing that 
you know, the Bible tells us that God has not given us a that's spirit right. of fear. That's you right. You know, so that's not something that's from God. That's right. You know, that's right. And so we don't accept that. But at the same time, we understand it's a real uh, concern mm-hmm. and you do what you need to do to to, you know, stave off that 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 illness. Now, let me say this, Will, because, you know, we germ phobes, you okay, have been waiting <laughs> for the country to get to where we are. And that's introverts all of us, as well. All, all the introverts, because the, <laughs> they're calling to avoid large crowds. Yeah. So you're, you as an introvert, you're like, I'm oh, like, I got this. I'm like, done. I guess Sherry's raising her head. She's like, no, we got this. We're, we're done. We can avoid lord, large crowds. But we, we germ phobes, you know who we are, you listening to me right now. You are the ones who we wash and rewash our hands, mm-hmm. okay? We have developed practices by mm-hmm. which she's holding up her big bottle of hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And, uh, and we have developed practices by which we learn how to observe people's levels of cleanliness. Mm-hmm. No germ for wants to admit, but I will. I'm going to take one for the team, guys. I'm going to let people know our practices. We observe people to see if they have good hand washing techniques. All right. And we observe people to know if they simply yeah. just simply wash your hands when you're leaving the bathroom. Guys, these are basic things that even the surgeon general is saying, True. just wash your hands. And everybody else who has good, you know, hygienic practices are going, wait a minute. Really? You we know, have to tell people to wash their hands. I just had to say real quick. I was amazed by, by that, um, that you were able to tell if people wash their hands or not like not not being in the bathroom with them but i have a way i was like how do you know that person came out and didn't wash their now now but now but now here's the thing though aren't i right i'm right yeah probably so but i'm I'm, but i yeah i was amazed i was like and these are one way you just like because they came out too fast it's too quick (laughs) there's no way that you're that's that's the number one no then that's not washing (laughs) That's, I'm sorry, guys. That's Listen, you're not washing your hands if you turn on the water and run your fingertips back and forth <laughs> under the water. Like, even with our kids, you know, these are things we teach them how to wash their hands. You're not washing your hands, you know, to appease me. This is why I tell you, you're not doing this for mom. You're doing this for you. You shall live and not die and declare. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But you have to, there's, there. What we're looking at right now and, and the, the hysteria, people would rather go out and buy masks than just wash your hands. Mm-hmm. You go into restaurants and the number of people who go into restaurants and leave out of those stalls and go back into the restaurant mm. without washing their hands is sickening. It's sickening. We don't need to be <laughs> talking about hunkering down and paying 150 bucks for Purell when all you've got to do is wash your hands and avoid, if you haven't washed your hands, avoid eating your food. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'll, you know, just touching things and eating your food and putting your hands in your nose and in your eyes. And, and I, you know, somebody's listening to this and they think, well, Mika, you're oversimplifying it. Well, I, I, I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. I think at this point it would be appropriate for us to, to play. There's an interview and it's a little bit lengthy, but we thought that you needed to hear this. Uh, the news outlet Newsy, Newsy sat down with the Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams, and had a conversation with him about the coronavirus, COVID-19, as it's been formally named, COVID-19. And listen to this interview. There's a lot of information that I think we need to take from this because, and well, I'll make my points on the other side of this, but listen very carefully. Here we go. Dr. Jerome Adams is the U.S. Surgeon General. 
and a member of President Trump's coronavirus task force. As such, he's tasked with getting ahead of both the spread of the virus and the spread of misinformation. What keeps me up at night about this situation is that panic will win out over preparedness and that, unfortunately, fear will win out over facts. When you look at infectious disease outbreaks, in many cases, more people die from panic and fear than die from the disease itself. And how does that play out? Well, it plays out with stigma. We've heard cases of, uh, of people of Asian descent being discriminated against and being treated horribly in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak. People also do things like hoard. And I put out a tweet this weekend telling people in the general public that there is no advantage to you wearing or buying a mask. And as a matter of fact, it can be a disadvantage. Adam served as Indiana Health Commissioner and oversaw a 2014 HIV outbreak in the state. In the aftermath, then-Governor Pence was criticized for having a slow reaction to the outbreak. Yesterday, the vice president announced that there would be more testing kits mm -hmm. and they'd be readily available. Uh, but there were issues with the first round from the CDC. Uh, as a former health commissioner, is that frustrating for you that we weren't able to get it right the first time? These responses are hard. They're difficult. And uh, there are always going to be things that we could do better. And when we're done with all this and we've gotten over coronavirus, we'll look back and say, what lessons can we learn from the response, both positively and negatively? And how can we refine our response moving forward? But the important thing for Americans to know right now is that 46 state health departments and uh, the CDC can now do testing. Uh, we expect that within the next week, uh, there will be no uh, inability for people to get tests done quickly uh, throughout the country. Within the next week? I think within the next week. Adams agrees with most pharmaceutical developers that any sort of vaccine is still at least a year away. In the meantime, he offers this advice. What I want Americans to know is that when we look back at past infectious disease outbreaks like this, they weren't ended with therapeutics or with vaccines. They were ended with hand washing. They were ended with social distancing. They were ended with the basic public health and hygiene measures that keep us safe from the flu and the everyday cold and will also keep us safe from coronavirus. I just want to <laughs> echo the last line there. Mm -hmm. I happen to have it transcribed here in front of me, okay? <laughs> from... U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, you just heard it. I just want to repeat it. What I want Americans to know is when we look back at past infectious disease outbreaks like this, they weren't ended with therapeutics or with vaccines. They ended with hand washing. They were ended with social distancing. They were ended with the basic public health and hygiene measures that keep us safe from the flu and the everyday cold, cold and will also keep us safe from coronavirus, end quote. <laughs> Guys, we don't need to be in a panic. We don't, we don't need to be. And let me say something else. In the news clip, you heard him refer to um, the way uh, Chinese Americans are being treated. Um, there is information now out of the Dallas area that Chinese restaurants in Dallas um, are reporting significant drops in their business. Chinese restaurants in Dallas are reporting significant drops in their businesses, even though, according to one owner, she says, we get all of our ingredients locally and in the U.S. <laughs> oh, man. I just, you know, guys, <laughs> I understand us, right? We're, we, we are like that, he, you know? We kind of are like, well, we're going to be, we're gonna be <laughs> careful. Right. You understand? We're like that. I understand us. 
But if you're driving by your favorite buffet, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> new China, China right. Walk, New Asian, whatever you want, whatever it is that you, wherever you, and if you're driving by and you're going, ooh, I don't want to get coronavirus, <laughs> you Man. have got to table that back. Like you got to dial that back just a little bit. Like there's an issue there. Yeah. Let me also say this because the Surgeon General says something that I think we cannot overlook. There are questions and people are saying, you know, will there be a vaccine for this? Will we, you know, and, and, and the feeling that I get from this, and this causes me great concern, is that there are people who are almost hoping that there will be some sort of future mandated, government mandated, mm-hmm. one shot for all vaccine against this. Oh my goodness. And the fastest way, look, I, I often say this, I say to people, Stop. Mm-hmm. The rights you save may be your own. We live in an incredible form of government mm-hmm. that I believe by God's grace we have. Yeah. But slowly, over time, we have eroded our own protections, our own rights to conscience, right? And this is very dangerous for us. So if you can get a person afraid that if they go and have some general chows, <laughs> All right. And that they're just hoping for anything. Right. Just is there. Do you have a shot that you can give all of us? What you are then doing is saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what our rights are. I'll do anything to feel safe. Mm. I'll do anything to to, you know, to feel like I'm protected. Yeah. And uh, I want to I want to paraphrase Ted Cruz. There was a viral video of Ted Cruz. I don't know if he was out having dinner. I don't know if he was at some type of rally or speaking somewhere. But he was approached by a protester who was talking to him about climate change. And Ted Cruz climbed in this kid's mailbox and read his mail. (laughs) I mean, he got into the mailbox, Ted Cruz did, you know. And Ted Cruz said, you know what? If we talk about global warming, if we talk about global cooling, if we talk about now climate change, the catch-all, so it doesn't matter what direction it goes in, mm-hmm. right? Ted Cruz essentially said, the response is always greater government control. <laughs> Why is that always the answer? Mm-hmm. Why do we always need greater government control? And I look at even this, and, and I understand the debate that is out there, but I'm going to tell you something. For every Christian, we need to be very careful with what our desperation forces us to. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? How do you get to a place where the Bible, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, and we clearly know that there are some things that are slated to happen at end times, right? We know that these things are going to happen. Now, if you don't believe the Bible when you read it, this makes no sense to you. But as we've already declared to you over and again, we're Bible-believing Christians. Right. So we know that there are some things that are going to happen in the end times. How do you think we have the type of culture and the type of environment where people are willing to do whatever to buy and sell? Whatever, doesn't, doesn't matter if it violates their conscience, doesn't matter if they agree, but I've got to do this, else I'm not going to be able to live. And here we are, if you look in real time, every time something like this cycles through, people lose their minds. Mm. And I got to tell you, with great warning, you lose a little piece of the American experience as well. Yeah. You lose a little piece of what it is that our forefathers passed down to us. The right to conscience, freedom, intrinsic freedom, not given to us by government, protected by government, 
given to us by God. You don't need anybody telling you what we think will work for everyone mm -hmm. with the same outcome. Just come and take this. And you don't need to be paying $150 for Purell. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, we'll open the phone lines when we get back. Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition. You stay close. All Ten Commandments, rolled up in one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Come on, don't forget that when you help them, it's the law that you help. We want to say, we gon' make it, we gon' make it, we gon' make it. Say, we gon' make it, we gon' make it, we gon' make it all right. We gon' make it, we gon' make it, we gon' make it. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Boy, do we appreciate you allowing us to talk about these things out loud. Uh, right. Thank you so much. I'm Miki. <laughs> and I'm Will, and that's Jacob. We're going to make it. Sherry B. We're going to make it. I think it's We're Going to Make It. We're going to make it. You you kind of propered well, that a little bit. Well, I'm reading it. It says, oh. We're Going to Make It. Yeah, that, no. Oh, is it? So, We're Going to Make It. I don't know it. if I wrote that wrong in there or, if, you know. I usually just go by what I hear in the chorus. Yeah. So, whatever they say over and over to me, that becomes the title of the song. That's it. Well, We're Going to Make It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're hey, going to make it. Speaking of coronavirus, We're Going to Make It. Guys, yeah. we're going to be we're gonna be okay. Sherry B is over in Studio C. Want to get your phone calls queued up? We've already got a few of them queued up. But before I go to those calls, I wanted to mention to you what Christians are doing in China that I think is instructive for us in the United States of America. Here's the number. You want to get queued up and talk to us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Before we get our first call on Will the Great, let me just say this. Christians in China are sharing the gospel with coronavirus victims in remarkable ways. Hmm. In January, for example, Pastor Paul Peng called a woman from Wuhan. Is it? Is that how you say it? I guess Wuhan. So. Wuhan, Wuhan, Wuhan. Where the, the, the center yeah, of the outbreak yeah. or the origin Ground of the zero, outbreak. Ground whatever. zero. Had fallen ill from the disease and led her to Christ before she died. He then led a memorial service via video conference for about 100 of her family and friends after that service, several of the attendees professed faith in Christ. The service has been seen about 80,000 times on social media. The pastor says, quote, through this, we've seen God's grace and the love between the brothers and sisters in the church. The church members also feel a greater burden to evangelize with their family members, end quote. So even in the midst of all of this, the Lord is using this to advance his kingdom. And what I would say to Christians in the United States of America is that we have got to have an eternal focus. We've Amen. got to have an eternal focus. When we look at all of this, the question should be, what remains urgent? Amen. And what remains urgent is the gospel. Amen. Amen. I agree. What remains urgent is the gospel. And, and I, I just, I just want to say for this to be happening and that to be like the center of it, of it all, yes. and people still courageous enough to, you know, share the gospel. That says a lot about, you know, the type of uh, Christianity that has been taught there. That's exact. It's, oh, that's good. You that's know what I'm exactly saying? It's right. not like a, a, a watery. That's right. You know, uh, you know, that's type right. of Christianity is a strong. They've been discipled. That's right. So to be able to go through hard times and things happening and they're still professing their faith and trying to win souls. That just says something about the type of soil that, mm. <laughs> that they are. When the gospel is still the bid to come mm. and die that you can live forever. This is the outcome. Yeah. And that is the only gospel that we have. The only gospel that we have 
is the call to come take up your cross and follow Christ. It is the call to come and die mm-hmm. so that you can truly live. Amen. All right, let's go to Shirley in Tennessee. Hi, Shirley. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. And you mentioned earlier about the people, I believe it was Dallas, who were not eating in Chinese restaurants. <laughs> yes. The Chinese, yeah, they get their ingredients from America. But when this first came out, I knew that there would be a big hit on Chinese restaurants and that their business would go way down hmm. because I don't think it's be- people aren't eating there because of the ingredients. They're not eating there because they don't know which one of those Chinese people traveled to China and just got back. Hmm. And also, I was curious about whether you all were aware that published in 1981 was a book by Dean Koontz called The Eyes of Darkness, wherein he directly says that in around 2020, a severe pneumonia-like illness would spread across the globe, attacking the lungs and bronchial tubes and resisting Mm. all known um, treatments. And he also calls it the Wuhan 400. So I was curious if you all knew about that. No, I haven't heard that. And CNN is fear-mongering a lot. Um, I heard one man speaking on there saying that even churches could be closed down because they will use the military police, if necessary, to stop public gatherings if it gets bad enough. I just wanted to hear your comments on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Shirley. I appreciate it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that people are responding when they are treated, that there are some people who have compromised immune systems who are succumbing to this illness, but it is not something that cannot be treated. Right. And it seemed like it's like the other, like it's like other illnesses, like maybe the older and then the the, the young who may have certain that, that are more vulnerable. That's exactly Um, right. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would say just with one clarification that we're not looking at something that there is no treatment for. Like, It, it is not one of those things. And again, um, and, and I, you know, I think Shirley would be okay with me, you know, making sure to make that clear. It's not the type of hysteria that we need to succumb to. Yeah. It's not the type of, oh, this is it. This is the big one. Right. Um, so, yeah. But I was not familiar with what she referenced. No, the book me and, neither. And, and, yeah. So where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go to Lynn in Arkansas. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Yeah, I was going to say what Shirley said also about the political angle, how um, there was actually um, a commentator on CNN who said, if the economy has to fall, then to get Trump out, kind of so be it. That was several months ago. Yeah. But um, I was going to make a comment about hand sanitizer. Um, It's uh, some of the hand sanitizers, the chemicals, are really not good for you, and to use them too much is actually not good because your skin is part of your immune system, and it strips some of the. It's just not good. Mm-hmm. So of course, hand washing hand is washing. good, but um, yeah. But anyway, that's just and and also there have been, to me, it looked like attempts at getting people excited about um, pandemics before. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to get the newspaper, I'm, I started cutting them out. I mean, it was like the swine flu and the, mm-hmm. um, oh, I forget what the other one was, H-M but it was like constantly. Yeah. And then sometimes if you would look at the end of the article, it would be like these people already had problems, like right. you were just saying about mm-hmm. their immune system. But the headline wasn't like that, so then people, you know, would get upset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, thank I you, think man. I think for the Christian again, and if I could summarize what 
my admonition is, is for the believer to mm-hmm. not just kind of go with the wave of what is happening, but to be prayerful right. and to understand Now you want to read. You don't want to be uninformed, right, right? right? You want to be informed, but we don't, we don't, we've got to get to a place as believers where we understand what that means yeah. and we stop living like we're just regular folk. Mm-hmm. Like we have, mm. we are a part of a body of believers where there are things that we know about what's happening around us that people are, they actually are hoping that we will tell them. Mm. They don't know that they're hoping that we will tell them, but they're hoping that we will help them make sense of what is happening in the world. We can't do that when we behave just like the world. That's right. All right, where do we go next, Will the Great? Let's go uh, to Jerry in Memphis. Hi, Jerry. Will and Mickey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Jerry. All right, so... First of all, I'd like to remind you of a call that I I called in a while back. Y'all were, y'all were bickering about how to take the garbage out and have clean hands on the way back. <laughs> I remember that. I remember. I was on Urban. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miki loves that call. I think you were going to yeah. buy me a Pope hat after that. Will, I don't think you like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Okay, so just a little more virtue signaling. Um, guess where I went to eat lunch today? I hope it was a Chinese food it. restaurant. Chinese buffet. <laughs> Chinese buffet. I, I laugh at the coronavirus. So, uh, wow. Let me see. Uh, two quick things. Uh-huh. Uh, a friend of mine, I've been talking to this friend for a long time about his faith or his lack of faith, et cetera. And, man, he has been terrified about the virus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, what are you so worried about this for? I mean, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just not uh, very upset about this. And I'm like, you're worried about the next five months. What's your million-year plan? Come I mean, on. He's got 50 years left or so. I mean, what's going to happen after that? Come on. But the main thing I wanted to call in and say today was just, um, I am so with you guys on the fear thing. I hate fear. Right. And I just think we need to apply it to everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be worried about who wins the next presidential election. Amen. As Christians, Mm -hmm. we have the God of the universe with us. We don't have to be scared of anything. That's right. It's a witness to the world in every aspect of our life. When we say, you know what, I'm going to trust God for that. Mm-hmm. I can live under any regime. I can live under with any illness. Whatever the problems are, God's with me, and that's all I need. Mm-hmm. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you. Amen. Thank, thank you, God Jerry. bless you, Jerry. I really do appreciate his comments. I, I would tell mm-hmm. you, man, that that question, what's your million-year plan? <laughs> and that's T-shirt worthy. That's Because <laughs> yeah. that's one of those questions that will get you think, thinking. You know, people yeah. talk about their five- and ten-year plans. What's your million-year plan? Mm-hmm. And especially when you've got people considering the fact that, hey, you know, I'm not going to live forever. Right. And, and you've been talking a lot about this. Mm. Uh, the gospel is urgent. Yeah. The gospel is urgent. Yeah. We got to think like Christians. Yeah. This this comes with a renewed mind. Yeah. Right. All Amen. right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? Let's go to uh, Pearl in Mississippi. Hi, Pearl. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good. Hello. Good. Uh, I want to talk about biological males uh, competing in female sports. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, I don't like the idea that women or they especially in high school, competing on men's, you know, boy wrestling teams mm. or football. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. And it especially bothers me that people are so into this transgender thing that they'll let anything go mm-hmm. just to be politically correct. Mm. You're, You're right, right, Pearl. Pearl, thank you so much for You're your right. comments. Let me just piggyback on what Pearl is saying. I, You know, I think that's something that we don't often mention But I agree. I don't think like let's take wrestling, for example. And I understand that there are going to be some feminists who will come for me. (laughs) Just don't miss. 
<laughs> all right. Just make sure you land the winning blow. That's all I'm telling you, girl. Um, but look, I understand that there are some feminists who will say, no, women need to be able to do whatever. Well, I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I disagree strongly with that. Yeah. I don't think you take a girl and put her on a square mat with a guy who can do, and excuse me, but these are, you know, crotch holds and, and cr crotch grabs and mm. things like that. And this is a part of the sport. I have a huge problem with that. I remember the story about the wrestler who refused to wrestle a girl. Yeah. He said, you know, yeah. his faith and his dad was even interviewed on today's issues. It was a great interview mm -hmm. where it's just, you know, this is about our faith. Like my son is not going to manhandle a woman. He's right. not going to grab her inappropriately. So I think Pearl is making an excellent point. And yeah. really our, our concern needs to go in both directions, That's right. right? Concern for men who would be in a position where you've got to tackle a girl mm -hmm. in football. <clears throat> no, I mean, this goes against the way we are raising our sons, mm -hmm. right? To be protectors and to look out for those who are weaker than they are. And right. again, I know a feminist will come after me for saying that about a woman. <laughs> I'm reading the Bible, girl. <laughs> All right, where do we go next, Willie Green? All right, let's go to uh, Judith in Alabama. Hi, Judith. Well, hey there. Um, so thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you. I love you guys. God Nikki, bless you. you are absolutely amazing. Y'all have so much wisdom. Oh, God and bless I thank you. the Lord for y'all and the ministry that God's put you and that you even have public broadcasts that you can air, you know, godly, godly wisdom. Oh, um, God. I just want to say a couple of things about the Corona. Now, um, I don't know if you remember back when they had AIDS, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was made in a, uh, place in Maryland a lab in Maryland, and there's a congressional number assigned to the AIDS virus. And they could not release it into the population without the antidote. Mm. And it was made by who? The World Health Organization. They were behind all of that. I have all that documented. But it doesn't surprise me with the coronavirus. I don't believe this was uh, caught by eating animals. Yeah, I believe it was released into the population. For some reason, they chose China. AIDS chose um, blacks, um, Mexicans, and homosexuals. That's who they targeted. So, but I just want to say this. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And there are a group of Christians that are speaking to that coronavirus to die. And they're saying, coronavirus, we command you to die in the name of Jesus because we can. Mm, and we can't lose fact that we have authority and dominion over all of these powers that are coming on the earth, that are coming against the children of the kingdom of God. And we can stand up in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. and speak to that coronavirus. If we come into agreement, we're going to cut that thing off and chop its head off just like David chopped off Goliath. Oh, Judith, God bless you. I appreciate you calling. Thank you so much for your passion and your love for the Lord. Um, I, I will say this. I don't know. I can't speak with any authority um, about, thing. you know, yeah. but I, I will tell you this, though, uh, for the Addison family, we are very careful about what anyone tells us we have to do mm -hmm. chemically right. to right. ourselves or right. our offspring. Right. Now, everybody is going to fall where they're going to fall. But as for the Addisons, for our household, we monitor what the government says has to be injected into right our to. children. Yeah. And I take that very seriously. You know, look, there's a, there's a lot that's on the line. And the Christian who is reading the word of God and reading news headlines, you see a lot falling into place. Mm -hmm. You see a lot falling into place. 
And we cannot be shaken by this. We cannot be dismayed. So I'm grateful for believers like Judith who are praying and who are seeking the Lord and who are not living in fear. That's right. Let me also say this in the last minutes that we have. I want to say thank you to the Churban. Your gift to our family was such a blessing to us. I want to say thank you so very much. Thank you. I appreciate it more than I can adequately express here. But your love and um, your thoughtfulness, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. All right, we are out of time. Uh, until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.